0: You're listening to for the record a registrar podcast sponsored by acro
1: hello acro community this was portia from the herd podcast and hey
2: this is sarah from the for the record podcast
3: this is Loyda from the transfer Tea podcast and we are currently coming to you live from three different time zones
1: I can honestly say it was such a good time to see everyone at the Acro conference. um I really feel the 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 family atmosphere sometimes you know you you see friends that you haven't seen in a year if you were able to go to previous conferences and this was just really good to see my other cohorts if that's the right word, and also see my podcast people.
2: It was really awesome, Portia. I I appreciated that as well. I feel like, you know, podcast reps showed out, right? We were all there supporting each other, taking pictures, um, seeing each other, and then really just making sure we have uh, devoted a lot of time, an abundance of time connecting with the community. So just wanted to give some um, behind the scenes info on this session. We recorded it just as a brainchild for us all to meet and connect across podcasts and give the listening audience just a different vibe, right? Of of us together.
1: We've always wanted and to do this we just didn't know how and it just it felt like the, the stars aligned in colorado for that one moment where we were able to do this and i thought that was a special moment i agreed I
3: will reiterate that we're in in three different time zones. And so it was really nice to be in one single time zone and record together um, in the presence of our peers as they were walking by uh, and also stopping to chat. So shout out to those who were taking pictures of us, who got some pictures of all three of us uh, recording. It was so nice uh, and uplifting to see everybody.
1: It was um, this particular episode that you all are going to listen to. Uh, reflects on a lot of things that happened at the conference.
2: It it really does. One thing that inspired us is really just B.D. Wong's um, plenary presentation. And we were thinking of, you know, what ways are each of us seen and unseen? And so we talk about that in depth, both personally and professionally in this episode. We hope you enjoy
3: our own experiences have formed who we are and professionally, again, and uh, both personally have kind of shaped these podcasts from the bottom, right? We all feel passionately about something, um, and it has come through our professional and personal experiences in higher education. So, as you listen to uh, this particular episode, we hope that you reflect on it. We want to know also what your reactions are to it, uh, what resonated with you, how you felt. And so, for that reason, we will have our Our email address is listed below. Feel free to contact us individually as professionals or to our podcast.
1: We really want to hear from you. All right. I feel like Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. We have this, this particular recording. We are merging all of the podcasts together. All but one all but one all but one so all our all the podcast hosts are here so i'll, I'll start i'm Portia lamar and i'm from the herd podcast i'm Loida gonzalez
3: lee and i'm from the Transfer Tea podcast
2: i'm sarah reed from uc berkeley
1: and i'm for the for the record podcast
2: awesome. representing doug also
1: oh, oh yeah. yeah okay okay well i'm representing ingrid nuttle and Tashana curtis and I'm representing myself. As you should. <laughs> as you should.
2: And I'm representing Doug McKenna. <laughs> oh,
1: we just don't keep saying it. We get it. Doug McKenna is everything. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Everything. Yes. So how have you ladies' conference experience been?
3: It's been good. I think that I was under the assumption we were just going to see the same people we saw last year. Oh. There's so many new attendees I was so excited to see that. So I've just been approaching random people and saying, "Hey, how has your experience been? I hope you come back. Yeah, what have you learned? How can we make it better?" I'm not even a part of any
1: committee, but I'm just like, "Yeah, let's start a conversation. Come have lunch." <laughs> I think what was said. I was so I was a volunteer representing all of us mm-hmm. at the podcast for um, Experience Acro, and I want to say they said four hundred. Be listeners totally no oh new folks new folks. oh that's
2: amazing i feel it i it feels like a very this is already a huge conference lodge and and it seems very full with our folks mm-hmm. so i'm it's a beautiful thing and i think I, the last session i was in they had folks raise their hand and they were over like oh yeah class yes. oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. that yeah. means
3: 400 new perspectives
1: absolutely Fresh. and i Fresh. love it and, I, and then i won't i won't say so there's two foes to that they're just new coming to the conference, but they mm-hmm. could have always been in the, their prospective roles mm-hmm. in higher ed for a very long time, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they're new to the conference and they're young to the profession. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is interesting as well. Yes. And, and from that, I've heard there's a new caucus arri- arriving. Really? Which one? The young professionals. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, Under 40. Yes. yes. I, I think that is an excellent, excellent idea. Because when you come to things like this, you you can get a feeling of, I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of this stuff. Do am I supposed to know? I think imposter syndrome could come in very quickly because you feel like this is over my head or over the the level of area that I'm here. Because if you're a young professional, you may not necessarily be in leadership. So you could be hearing these Mm -hmm. things and not... Feeling like you have a say or an input. I agree. I so think I'm also, glad they have that to share,
2: just to, to to work with. I think also, you know, when I was a young professional, I think young professionals in general have such a yearning to connect and to learn and really to to explore that phase of their career at that time. And so when you see other folks who have are bonded, they know each other. It can be very daunting to feel like. I'm going to just stay in my room and I don't know how to break into that. And I'm not on that level. And and so this is a really nice way for them to, to have a space and support.
3: Yeah. Agar does a good job of embracing uh, new people or mm-hmm. new attendees too. They, they they talked about it at the opening session, you know, just go up to people with yeah. a purple badge. And it's really yeah, right. a, a neat opportunity to embrace that person and give them that support in whatever field they're there is. It seems like there's a lot of registrars here, but there's other, other um, departments yeah. represented. Yeah. other parts of
1: higher. Ed. This is a heavy, heavy registrar, yes, professional so, uh, group. But they they know that and they want more admissions. But it's not that they're turning away admissions by no means. I mean, it, admissions has other mm-hmm. um, professional groups that they're a part of too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting.
2: I, I was just interviewing Charles, who is a recruitment uh, in recruitment and. And I was like, I don't know that I've ever had these conversations at ACRA where there's the overlap with admissions and and registrar, but I was right there with him. So I would love to see more intersectionality like sessions, because I think it's really I could totally see if I was in admissions, like maybe I would want to do my own thing. But I I would actually personally love that intersection. I would also say throw in financial aid, like to me, that would be my jam.
1: Because why are we in however many years higher education has been out there? And we know that's a lot. Where we, I've always felt like it. We never cross over. Yeah. Registrar is registrar, admissions is admissions, and financial is financial. Aid. But we work so closely together. But I've, never want to be in the same sandbox.
3: Yeah. So true. I've seen a little bit of a crossover. It seems to be like people are starting transfer centers now. And and a transfer center could live anywhere. It could live on the academic mm. side. It could live mm-hmm. in enrollment management. Keisha from Morgan University oversees a transfer center. She's a registrar. Mm. So it's That's really neat. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that it's like an up and coming thing. That that would put you in a position to bring in more mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. people from different
2: different departments. Here's a thought: maybe we should keep this what it is, so we really have the full sessions we need, or expand it. But we could have an enrollment management like conference. That would be. Do we? Yeah, I don't know about it, Sam. Oh, that's Um, Yeah,
1: I guess that's that's Jack Jack Miners' Mm -hmm. Uh, area right now. So I'll definitely reach out to him. He will talk. He will not only talk about STEM, but he will talk about a lot of things <laughs> that deal with <laughs> higher education because he's very he's very knowledgeable in that area. He's been he's been in the game, yeah, and has learned. So yes, no, they do have that. They have tech transfer and tech. Yep. They have. like uh, oh I'm losing Is the, there- the international Institute. Yes.
3: yes. So for foreign credentialing, yes, mostly yeah. on the admissions side. Mm-hmm. That was Robert Watkins, very well known in foreign credentials. He mm-hmm. just passed by. Robert, if you're listening
2: to this,
1: you just want that.
2: <laughs> we recognize you.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I cry a lot. I think it is the the which can be overwhelming for someone who may have mm-hmm. just come Started. into the organization mm-hmm. yes where you just don't know all that happens. Mm-hmm.
2: So I guess I experienced some and this is cause we're trying to roll it out at Berkeley, but I experienced it more as like how do you implement some, not necessarily some of the other sessions where it's like of a deep dive of our intersectionality, maybe it, it's probably there. I just didn't have that mm. experience. That wasn't my lens when I was there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. So I have a question for you guys. I've been asking on my podcast today, inspired by BD's plenary session. What, how do you guys feel in, in your work life, or professional life, or personal life, seen, and where do you, how could the world see you better, mm. more, more effectively, mm. wholly? <sighs>
1: Okay, so I'm going to talk about my entire professional experience. All of five years, because I'm only 21. Um, <laughs> when you were young, <laughs> that's a fresh-looking face right there. <laughs> I, I did not realize it, but I think I was always trying to be seen. Mm-hmm. But never knew, I guess it never had the wording attached to it, but it was just like, I'm trying to do any and everything I can because my goal was to be a registrar. So it was just like, and and my climb was different and I know everybody has has their own path. But um, I started in K through 12. I was at a charter school that just so happened to have a registrar there. Wow. And that is very rare for any K through 12 school to have anything like that. Most of them they have like a centralized building that handles all that admin stuff. So I got that experience to be that way naively thought, when the school unfortunately closed, thought, oh, I'll just go be a registrar at a higher education institute, cool, great. Easy. Yeah, it wasn't that yeah. easy at all. Matter of fact, I, I'm gonna say rejected because I'm, I'm I'm reclaiming that word and not making it seem so negative. Mm-hmm. But it was Thank a you. because I just truly really didn't have the understanding. So yes, I was rejected, and that was okay. I had to learn what registrar meant in higher education. Mm-hmm. Foundations were there as far as records, but a totally different game, mm-hmm. totally different ball game. Um, so I felt like, and I went from a proprietary school, mm-hmm. which I never felt, this is no knock to pro- proprietaries, but I just felt like I'm not seeing because it's mm-hmm. a proprietary right. school. I'm going to be a big school, you know, mm-hmm. went to a private school. In my mind, it still wasn't the, what I felt was successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be successful at a private school. You can be successful at a proprietary school. It was just my goal to be at a, a Big Ten big school, you know. So did all that. Went to a Catholic institution. I, I've been, a, my journey was my journey. And again, I feel like throughout all of that, I was yearning to be seen. Mm-hmm. Please see me because I want to be your registrar. <laughs> Love this work. But I recently switched to IT. Oh my God. Still in higher education. <laughs> And doing something that comes natural to me at being a product manager and the combination of I'm being seen has all fallen in place, and it's just natural. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're
2: leading the product. Everybody mm-hmm. has technology you, work with you. But it's not even that. It is just
1: I am able to be authentically me. What do you think has I've, changed? I've, I've, and I've, I feel like I've always been that, but it was like I was trying to fit a mold mm-hmm. of what I thought a registrar was. And if that meant take a little here, you know, it's about policies, it's about politics, and it's about all of that stuff. And if that meant I had to, oh, I can't do this. Like I have to do Mm -hmm. where where I am now is just like my knowledge is there or not. I don't care because that's you come with extensive knowledge, (laughs) and 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 to know that I don't know it all is even better. Yeah, because that means I'm always learning. Yeah, trying to think. Oh, and just doing things that naturally come. Easy to me, yeah. Meaning it's not that much effort. So empowering, and it's being seen. My current boss has a different perspective on a lot of things in life, and in what we do. So that is just enlightening to me. It is. It is a lot. It's kind of very overwhelming because it's like I, not knocking my path, not knocking that with anyone in my path, because mm-hmm. I truly believe I needed everybody I crossed mm-hmm. to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. But. I've never been treated like this. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Which this is, is a different so approach. Yeah. And so, so sad. Also. So yes, yes, yeah. yes. So that is my experience. So, and I, and I'm, I'm loving my journey, the entire journey from proprietary to big can. I <laughs> love it.
2: And so I, uh, just to reconfirm for you, it's like the slotting in the perfect pool mm-hmm. role for you, mm-hmm. your skill set, and also a really good fit with mm-hmm. your boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Or, yeah
2: that's a beautiful thing and knowing who i am and no and that combined with your self-knowledge and expertise yes. like you're yes. you're now in a place where you can just totally yes. go forth and yeah. prosper Yeah.
3: Well go i've been in higher ed this will be my eighth year i also i think i fought hard to be seen for me it was different. I fell into a position where I had an empowering leader that was okay with taking the back seat so her team mm, could shine mm-hmm. and that changed. Okay. And okay. then it went to an opposite. So, oh, wow, one day they said, "Hey, you're we're going to disband this department. We're going to put you in an enrollment management now." And the first conversation was like, yeah, you're going to have support. It's going to be great. We get there and they're like, wait a minute. You do not have a seat at this table. You just sit here, wow. follow this workload. That's it. Be
1: transactional Yes.
3: And you, so Dude, you had it yeah. and then it was snatched yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like as I was building momentum, it got crushed.
0: Wow.
3: It, it's so, you know, the power that somebody has over you a leader over you as you were trying to gain maturity mm-hmm. in your career, it'll, it'll make you or break you. It yeah.
2: um, sounds like a session. We need I, to have.
3: Yes. I sat outside of my office in a bench and I was just in tears. And I said, I questioned everything. Mm. Why am I doing a higher ed degree? I'm just going to drop out. I Um, hate it here. mm -hmm. You know, I I don't want to be in this position. I don't want to feel like this. I had expertise in foreign credentialing, a skill that takes so many years to perfect. And I couldn't say anything because it was
1: my opinions were overlooked. Yeah. Didn't matter.
3: We're going to do, you know, it was very micromanagement style. Wow.
1: And then, you know, when I hear your story, and because this is just how I think sometimes, it makes me want to go what put that lead in that position that they felt that they needed to micromanage i don't know
2: and switch yes. yeah and, and disband yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't
1: know
3: and so i remember calling my professor i was very close to her name is dr k and i was questioning everything and she let me babble for gosh a long time and then she said listen you just haven't been invited to the table Maybe this is not your table. Mm. Maybe you belong yeah. at a different table. Yes. Because when you belong at the right one, you, you have a seat. Yeah. What yeah. yeah. a A yep. few months. I was only in that situation a few months, like three or four years. It felt like an internary. I was miserable. I was a bad person to be around mm-hmm. uh, for those four months. Then I came to where I am now. Complete opposite. And with it's a, like it flips like yes, that. With a team that just embraces you, that loves you, that supports you, that says, you know what, I'm not, I can't do the work that you do. I can't help you, but I can support you, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you have ideas, I will go to bat for you. Uh, I will bring you the resources that you need so that you can be successful. Um, I I don't always know how to do your, you know, the specific job role that you have, but I will do what I can. And that was kind of new to me, you know, Mm -hmm. that nobody had never approached me like that. So um, I feel so fortunate to have our executive director says, you are where you need to be. And I feel like I am where I needed to be. Yes. I, I didn't just have a seat at the table, you know. They built my own table. Wow. Oh wow! Me. And so that was so powerful and impactful. Mm. Um, I think that our our department runs so smoothly because everybody's on the same page and everybody's just constantly nurturing one another. And it is such a healthy environment. Through that, I, I also became unapologetic through that experience. So it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm a blunt, very blunt, forward person. I learned how to. Be forward, but not aggressive. Mm -hmm. That's another part.
2: That's a that's a skill set.
3: Yeah. So I learned to be very honest, very forward, but then also wait for the right time and the
1: right the right words to to say it with. So do you? Because a lot of that is still someone else's opinion, though. So do you? You may feel like you have mastered all of that but all it takes is one person right to be like oh um, yeah she's being that. aggressive so yeah. I'm like kudos to you but at the same time it wasn't anything that you can really do Mm-mm, it wasn't right. anything you can really do no yeah yeah yeah
2: and I love that you shared that because it really is a good point right like you could be in a certain space and be the same brilliant mm-hmm. person that you are and totally undertapped and also unhappy and maybe have not saying that you did but that could develop into performance issues versus mm-hmm. you get the right yeah. environment fit support and then you're blossoming
3: yeah and and they've asked me that question my team and now they were like you know if you are doing great things now I wonder how you were back then I said I was the same person right it's just I was limited were
2: you recognized I was yeah you know
3: I was just put in the office in the back of a room and said sit here do your job eight to five and that's it you're not allowed to do anything else don't do more don't do less
2: couldn't contribute
3: so it was challenging I don't hold back. Somebody, I don't remember who it was, was like, always, you know, speak your mind. Don't let anybody hold you back. I don't. I'm more careful and not careful to, to, to say something wrong. I'm just more aware of people's emotions and aware of when to say things, right? When it's it's appropriate to speak out
1: and, and when it's not. And actually how to say it. Because, yes. Um, I've been in a leadership training at my institution and they had us do the DISC. Assessment, but instead of disc is D I S C, and each one means something, and I can't tell you that yet. But this particular one that we took, the letters equated with birds. So now, when I tell you the birds, you'll kind of understand which Whoa. one is which. You've got an, an eagle. Hmm. You have a parrot. You have a dove. And then you have a, um, visual exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And then you have an owl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you take it, when we took it, those birds were represented. So you Mm kind of knew exactly who you were. So when I say who you're talking to and how you say it, right. You parrot. have to yeah. recognize who, who your audience is mm-hmm. and how they take information. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking to an, an eagle, you've got to know, you've got to lay out the points mm-hmm. and just give it to them directly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what they're wanting. And yeah, succinctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're talking to a parrot, you know you got to finesse it. you got to figure out, hey, how are you? you got to ask those personal questions yeah. and then get oh, to the work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're talking to a dove, you're going to have to check that aggressiveness because mm-hmm. they are going to internalize that as if you're, you're attacking, attacking them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you come with the out, you have to come with the facts, mm-hmm. the facts. I'm going to lay down everything, but I'm going to also tell you why and the reasoning and be prepared for that out to be like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So that is, is the other half of it. Like understanding who, you are talking
2: to yes one thing I love about education is it helps you get down your career path you learn a lot of things but one thing I think is really missing in in higher ed and education in general k-12 through up is the understanding of people absolutely and how we work together how do we talk to each other how to process how to like De-traumatize, Like, those are basic lifelong skills that we need to learn. And everybody learns on their own over time and maybe through programs, mm-hmm. but it's a fundamental flaw yeah. of our structure.
3: Because we're dependent on collaboration. Like, yeah. you can't go. You can't be unapologetic but burning bridges. Like it's yes. not going to work. <laughs> no. yeah. you need bias. Yes. You need to say,
1: "Hey, my allies.
3: Yes, you need to be my ally. Let's be honest with each other so that we can move this idea forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to commit myself to be honest with you. You give me honesty. It won't be personal. Feedback is good, mm-hmm. negative and positive, mm-hmm. And then you know we'll we'll figure out how we're going to move this shit forward. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So Sarah. How was I seen or not seen? I don't know. I definitely did not feel seen. Literally in any part of my life. Definitely like, you know, K through 12. I definitely remember literally thinking I was invisible because I was so unseen. I also like feel like I integrated my school. Like black integration. I very much, this is like a visceral, I'm not sure if it's true, but it was a visceral feeling that I had as
1: a child. It is your feeling. So that's. That yeah. p- and period.
2: Yeah, period. So Full regardless
1: stuff. if it did or didn't, yeah. that was mm-hmm. your feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
2: was my feeling. So and that's uh, heavy, and it's heavy. Kid, yes. Yeah, like not even eight, you know, first first few few years and beyond. So I think what to survive. I think what I've done a good portion of my life is not to be visible. Um, and so I feel like my adult life has been unpacking that and challenging that at every step to become visible, which has at times have been incredibly deeply uncomfortable for me. That said, with that framework of history, I think as a, um, and, and like a career-minded person, I think I've been intent, very aggressive in my desire for learning and to, to exert my talents and that also was not seen. I was promoted, but not appreciated, and used, and I would say even abused, but not like valued. So I think that dichotomy of having some access, but then also devaluation, has also been a challenge um, throughout my career. And now, as I'm kind of at a place where I don't feel like that. I'm with the right boss. I'm at the right organization, and. I have expertise, like you've shared, and, and I'm ready to really, like, fully blossom. Mm-hmm. But it's been a lifelong journey, for sure.
1: Yes, and, and you know what? In hearing your story, um, and I appreciate you getting the, the outside of higher ed, well, in, in education still, but outside of higher ed, the part of you, it also made me think of when you asked that question, one of the moments you've been seen and unseen, and we relate that to other people looking at us mm-hmm. I thought about it like I need to ask myself because when you shared that you made yourself not seen mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I and I was also I, not seen I know yeah. I do that and continue to do it now mm-hmm. so because I have a boss who sees me mm-hmm. he and has the patience to work with me and my ability to not be seen not want to be seen mm-hmm. he's like no you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna work on talking about all your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You're gonna work on talking about that's everything so that you've hard. done. Yes. Yes that's so hard. Yes, but In that's all hard. I can't then but I think about it like I can't expect for other people to see me and I don't see myself. Right. And
2: I think it's something to unlearn. Like I, I still struggle with it sometimes too. I was just at a table the other day with three men and I was sitting there thinking at one point, you're not speaking up you are an expert. Why are you not speaking up here? And I was, uh, I was, I'm not appreciating. I was a little bit jealous of like how at ease they were with each other in the, in the men world. And I was like, damn, I really wish I don't ever want to be a man. I very value (laughs) who I am in this (laughs) lifetime, but I, I wish I had that lifelong feeling of empowerment that that's not even something I have to think about Mm -hmm. and do.
1: Mm hmm.
3: I did that earlier, uh, Sarah was talking, uh, asking about transparency, And I, I kept saying, we, and she was mm. like, but it was you. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, we, and I'm and like,
2: no, no, honey. She's that like, was "Take you. ownership. Like,
3: you've worked hard for a year. <laughs> yeah. This me. would
2: never have happened without you. This but is it's your challenging. Is the
3: other challenging. part is I think in, in thinking of my, my, my negative experiences that I've had in higher ed in the past, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to say I. So I have issues with saying I. And everybody makes so much fun of me. Before I had a team, I was a one-person man in my institution. And so I would present. We would go out and uh, present to advisors, mm-hmm. high school, uh, college advisors and high school counselors. And I would give my spill And it was a wee spill. Mm-hmm. And so my boss would come on. And she would say, she says we, but it's really her. Like, y'all yeah. need to know that it's really her. And I would tell her, like, Maggie, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you put me on the spot. She's like, you've done this work. Like, why wouldn't you take credit mm-hmm. for it, you know?
1: So it was. it's a challenging thing sometimes. To it is a challenging to thing. But I'm like, how can we approach this differently? And can there be room for both? Mm-hmm. Can I say I, with the help of my team, like... We can single, there's got to yeah. be a way that we can single mm-hmm. ourselves out and our accomplishments, but also be able to acknowledge the people that were there that helped yeah. get us over the finish line with the project or whatever it is.
2: I completely agree with you. And I think this is definitely an area to explore because I struggle with this as well because uh, I'm a, I'm a wee person, but I've also been in the situation where saying we hoping that the community will speak up when they need to and they have stolen oh, yeah. that yeah. and they were like oh yeah i and i'm like oh no 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 like that was all me i said we to be inclusive mm-hmm. but then that's been stolen quite a few times so but then
3: you gave them permission to kind but of then i gave that. them permission yeah. right so Gosh. i just i'm
2: saying that as a challenge yeah. checking that as well because we can't always assume that there are allies who you
1: know or even doing it to ourselves
2: hadn't even thought of that
1: right and then i'm thinking of the people that and that's that. that's the big issue it is we need to unprocess when we do hear people say i we look at it as negative Mm -hmm. yes which then in turn we don't want to be the one saying Mm -hmm. i but if we really listen to why they're saying i and and how they say it is it is it really negative or is it not
2: i think this goes back to like that missing component of education, like if we had more time processing ourselves as humans, our tendencies, our behaviors, our, our worst traits and more development, maybe we wouldn't be even having this conversation now. Right. But it, this isn't part of our educational background, typically, and and I'm glad that we are having it because it's yeah. it's something for us all to think about.
3: I don't even know where I learned that, to be honest. I'm sitting here like thinking all the you know all these thoughts I running mean, through my head because my father raised me, both my parents, but my father raised me to be a very powerful woman, to have a voice, to take ownership of things. I mean, to have confidence in everything, and so I don't even know where I learned that.
1: I don't know. I, I believe that it's it's in, in um, I'm not going to speak for all, but I in my world of being identified as a, a African-American black female, I believe a lot of it is culture. Mm. Um, and I believe, to me, I feel within the culture, I can quickly tell you who I am, what I do. You don't know. Ooh, you know, <laughs> I've compared mm-hmm. myself to Beyonce several times and I mean it, <laughs> okay? <Snaps>. Right, right. <laughs> But when I get in in front of other cultures, mm. I think that it is a generational thing that doesn't even necessarily need to be taught to humble yourself, hold your head low, mm. try not to be seen. And we know why. Mm-hmm. We know why. Because yeah. of historical matters that have happened. If, if you were seen as a black person mm-hmm. in a white world, you were in trouble. Eliminated disenfranchised it's a lot mm-hmm. of things that historically happened yeah you you had to get off the sidewalk and go across the right. street
2: don't look them in the eye don't look yeah. them in the eye yeah.
1: anything so I'm like how much of that is carry forward and not necessarily learned it's just there and it's and it's not just within our community yeah. right it's there's that those the other social cultures like right social true vibe, yeah. Yep. Of our yeah. Yep. yeah 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 very interesting.
2: <laughs> this is why I love having this shared <laughs> podcast space.
1: I know. I'm like, I
3: I'm should like... do this more often. And so then, you come to spaces like Acro, where everybody has a voice for real, mm-hmm. like like it's not you know a fake stage of, of people. Just it's you just connecting with all these people with and you can share you yes and in different, different
2: position levels yes. Yes. and exper- yes. experience yes and you just yes. exchange
3: a you know. There's a lot of VPs walking around. There's a lot of AVPs, presidents, and directors. And everybody's just walking around like, we just, you know, we met 10 years ago and mm-hmm. we've been together our Let's lives have lunch. friends. Yeah. Let's have lunch. Let's go share information.
1: It's a great way to connect. And, and I, I encourage people to connect, and I understand what that means. For a lot of people, it is stepping outside of their box, much, and yeah. I understand that. But if but connecting doesn't mean pulling someone to the side with a purple badge and just talking to them, mm-hmm. connecting can be. I got your information. I gave I sent you an email through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I um. Following you. Mm-hmm. Me, I, those I are just different connected. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. send a message. Those I, are different yeah. ways to connect. So mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to feel like the only way to connect is just to talk no, to someone no. and and Step out your box. Be comfortable in the way you're connected, but try to make an effort to connect. Yeah,
2: I would say connecting could be going uh, instead of streaming if they're if the room is not too small, right? Going to the session and sitting next to someone and oh, yeah. looking at someone in the eye. Absolutely. It doesn't even have to be saying anything because yes. you know what? Sometimes it takes courage. You're in one, courage. two, three sessions, and then you're like, I saw that person three times. Now I feel. Mm-hmm like I can say something to them.
3: And maybe connecting is also scoping out the territory, seeing how you yeah. fit and how, where you can contribute mm-hmm. after, uh, the net for the next year. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. But I agree with you, Portia. I, I highly encourage folks to step out of their country comfort zone as someone, like I said, growing up, that feeling yeah. invisible speaking was very difficult for me. And, and i I will say from my own personal reflection, everything I've ever done to get out of my comfort zone has helped me. Even if I was shaky legs for years, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it did help me become the person I am today.
1: And and I will also say that just because you may look at a person and be like, Oh, look at all that they're doing. Trust and believe they are filling some type of doubt because that's just being a Mm -hmm. human. I reached out on a whim and immediately regretted reaching out mm-hmm. because I was just like, oh, my God, what have I done? So oh my vulnerable. God, yes. 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 Right. But you'll get over it. Yeah. You will get over that feeling. Yeah. And you can learn from that feeling. That does not mean that feeling goes away. And it doesn't even mean the feeling was true.
2: Like, yes. you may not know. Mm-hmm. You may feel stupid. You may have that shame. And then later you'll find out that they're like oh Oh, i'm I'm so thankful and you you mean that that could be years later yes Yes. yeah yeah
1: Yeah.
3: i've also learned that being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is a learning experience Mm -hmm. like you need to feel uncomfortable at some point you know you need to you need to feel a certain way so that you can learn how to move past it and deal with it whenever whenever you're faced with it yeah yeah
2: Yeah. i know we're running low on time did anyone else want to
3: I I did want to, I wanted to add, when I tried so hard to be seen, I was rejected. Mm. When I stopped trying to be seen, I was seen more. Yeah,
2: I like that. Now tell someone what that means, who maybe hasn't gotten to the other side of that statement.
3: Don't try too hard, just be you. And when you're around the people that appreciate your genuine self, they're going to make sure that you're seen They're going to put you in the spotlight and say, here you go. This is your moment. Mm -hmm. You are being seen. And we're all going to sit here and we're going to clap for you. And we're going to allow you to be seen over and over again. And
1: I think that is the connecting between all of our stories that Mm -hmm. we share. Discovering us and another solace too. Yeah. We talk
3: about cycles and then repeating that cycle. Mm -hmm. How can I help somebody else be seen? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just add one last thing from my perspective is you know for the folks who are in those spaces where they're not seen I would say it's okay to work in a space like that because those challenges do strengthen you and you're learning at the same time if it is soul crushing don't stay in that yeah. space Know your limits move
1: you someplace. have to and, learn to and, differentiate
2: and, that yeah,
3: yeah.
1: And, and, and 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 know that it may not be easy as we're saying it by no means are we not forgetting that sometimes you just can't leave, right. pick up and go. Mm-hmm. So you need to find that space in yeah. that area in which you can give it to your, your, your responsibility, your job, but you can also keep your sanity until yeah. you are able to move. On. Yeah. yeah. And
2: I would say don't, if you get to the point where your soul is literally dying mm-hmm. and you're becoming less of who you are, mm-hmm. then that's the time to really reevaluate at least get mm-hmm. a therapist. Like, yeah. reevaluate yeah this is so beautiful i i want to just acknowledge that again we're here just three of us representing so much of our not only aqua community but our, our co-fellow beautiful podcasters i can only imagine what this conversation would have been if everyone had had oh, enough mics oh, and, yeah. yes. and i
1: can't wait for that day yeah, yeah we've too. got to set something up like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. well thank you and thank you thank listeners you. thank
2: you so it's such a pleasure
0: It's such a great thing to be able to sit and talk to other ACRO members about their lived experiences. The community of ACRO is, for me, one of my favorite parts about being a registrar. If you're enjoying For the Record, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and then share it with a friend or a colleague. And Also be sure to check out the Transfer Tea and heard on a regular basis, found wherever fine podcasts are streamed. Until next time, thanks for listening. Drink some more water, stretch your legs, yes, you, and take good care. I'm Doug McKenna, and this is For the Record.